Hello, welcome to Complex Chats, a podcast about current affairs, culture, and politics. We hope to give you insightful, intuitive, and thought-provoking content. Stay tuned. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode on Complex Chats. Today we'll be talking about the Fees Must Fall movement, which has recently been on recent news because of the protests that has been happening the past few days. The Fees Must Fall movement was a student-led protest movement that began in mid-October 2015 in Southern Africa. The goals of the movement were to stop the increases of student fees as well to increase government funding at universities. Right. And recently we saw that many of the universities have been excluding students who cannot financially keep up with the with the with the fees, the tuition, um, the tuition fees. Uh, also because of the COVID pandemic, a lot of people have lost their jobs. So it was bound to happen that a lot of students would like the financial resources to carry on with school but what is happening in, in the university is that you know students who cannot pay their fees are being excluded from the academic year and there have been protests from all over the country in the last week or two regarding that issue Exactly. And many of the students argued that the government was well aware that the whole country is under financial strain because of the COVID um, pandemic. And the government has implemented many relief funds for different sectors of, you know, the spheres of South Africa, but they excluded the students. And they argued that um, how is it possible that the government would bail out SAA and ESCOM with billions of rands, but not spare even a few millions of rands to pay for the fees that the students have so that they can continue with their tertiary education. And worse is that the students who had been getting funded by the government have been, well, not cut off, but the funds allocated to NSFAS and the funds allocated to universities and um, FET colleges have been reduced because the government has been trying to get funds to secure vaccines and to be able to um, pay off the other sectors that they need to look look out for, look out after. Yeah, but I mean, it's very unfair on the students, honestly, that now they're not even being considered and now their fees are being cut off. The financial funding that they are receiving is now being limited because they're trying to bail out other things in the country. Not saying that the other things in our country are not important, but the education of these learners is also very important because we do need um, doctors in the future, lawyers, pilots, teachers. We need all these people. So how can you not think of the future leaders of this country and make their education a priority. True, and what also hurts the most in the case of South Africa is that people who are in prisons get their education for free. Now, the average South African student sits there thinking that, should I commit a crime in order for me to be able to get education for free in this country? 
honestly it, it, it's it's absurd that a person who is a law-abiding citizen has to struggle has to go through so many processes and has to go through so much in order for them to get into tertiary education but a person who breaks the law and disregards all the the constitution and it's and what it stands for gets free education it's like the government is actually working for these prisoners and is actually saying okay you have committed a crime so congratulations here's free education yeah and the sad thing is that the ruling party in this country is they're in denial of the problem they created last week after the murder of um at the vit protest the NC spokesperson Pule, Pule Mabe said this, the NC is painfully aware of the challenges that confront students in our institutions of higher learning regarding funding and is determined to act decisively in funding in finding a long lasting sustainable solution. This comes from the ANC spokesperson Pule Mabe. Now, what I am thinking is that the ANC has been the ruling party of this country since the inception of democracy in this country. They have had 27 years to try and fix the mess that is funding in higher institutions of learning. But in after so much time, they still are trying to find and act decisively on finding a long-lasting sustainable solution. The question is, what have they been doing all this time? Because it seems as though every time there are protests by students regarding matters of funding by the government, they are always trying to find solutions. They seem like reactors and not people who plan. And that is just from my observation. Mm, exactly. And it, and it's sad that it has to get to the point where students have to protest in order for the government to hear them, because it's not like they just wake up one day and they decide to start a protest. They do go through the necessary steps of trying to contact people in power and our government officials. They do try and do that. And then the government officials do not respond to them. Um, also, the Minister of Higher Education, Blade Zimande, in this case of the protest that was recently happening, they did try contacting him, but he did not show any interest and he did not get back to them, which led to the protests. So clearly these leaders do not care enough to even sit down with these students and hear out what they have to say and then try to work towards a solution. True. And the Minister of, of, of Higher Learning is always in denial of student suffering. In the National Assembly Q&A, when he was addressed by IFP Member of Parliament, the Minister, Blade Zimande, said, you are grandstanding. Students are saying students are suffering. What do you mean? That is an exact denial that students are suffering. This man who leads tertiary institutions in this country is saying that students who are always on the streets every single year asking for the same thing he is literally denying that they are suffering he is literally gaslighting them and making it seem like everything that is happening in the country is just an illusion like it's not happening exactly it's it's very sad like for him to be the minister of edu of higher education and not 
basically seem to not know what's going on. It's, it's very, it's questioning to us as to, is this person really qualified to be at the job that he's doing? Because clearly, what is he doing? Exactly. I, and it's, it's crazy how after the protests, the, 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 an, an announcement was made that an extra 7 billion rand would be allocated to NSFAS. And it raises the question that, so all along there was money and you guys were just hiding it because after protests, after a person dying, after students threatened in the whole country that they will shut down the academic year and the academic year will not happen, then only do you come out and say, oh, there's an extra 7 billion rand that we can secure for you guys. Exactly. And it also had to take um, celebrities and people people in the general public to try and also raise funds for um, these learners. Um, recently, I saw there was a, a, a movement or a campaign rather that was started by one of our South African celebrities and they had raised a million rand in five days. That was so inspiring. And also, I think we should commend the spirit of unity in this country when it comes to taking matters into our own hands when the government is failing us, when there are economic challenges and really people are in dire need. I think it's really amazing that people who have influence and platform in this country are using their influence Mm. in the correct way. Exactly. It's very inspiring to see that our celebrities and people in the public figure are using their platforms in in a manner that is benefiting to their supporters. Because, I mean, these people are their supporters, you know, and so they're doing good for their communities. And it's very inspiring to see such. True. And I feel like also the the protest gave us a light of how severe police brutality is getting in our country. Because during lockdown, there were a lot of incidents that were reported of police brutality and there were people who were dying. And one particular case that stands out for me was the murder of uh, Mr. Collins Koza during the first level level five lockdown in 2020. And now with police firing guns during a peaceful protest and in the end killing a man, it makes me question how our police system work, how they are trained and essentially are they fit for to deal with peaceful protests. In my honest opinion, and I don't mean to undermine or look down on police officers, but I personally feel like at this point, I think we need like a a proper program, not just a boot camp where they go there for like 12 months or something, go and get training. And then all of a sudden they're given a gun and told, okay, you are supposed to be the police officer and you're supposed to make sure that the citizens of this country abide to the law. I honestly feel like it should be more strict because honestly at this point it looks as if this academy this police academy isn't doing much because these police officers they fail to do proper jobs if if you go to the police station and you open a file about maybe being mugged or your house has been robbed 
nine out of ten times that case will just end up in thin air and you will never know what happens so majority of south africans don't even open cases anymore but when you see protests of students kids of these police officers because the reality is also police officers cannot afford to take their children to tertiary education and then you see them shooting at these at these students but when serious crimes are committed in this country most of the time they aren't anywhere to be found true and you also ask yourself what is said in in police stations to police officers what the leadership of police in this country says because every time when these horrible incidents happen the leadership always seems to exclude themselves as if police are not acting under their instruction because i fail to believe that police officers act under their own um their own thinking and 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 end up shooting at peaceful protests it must be a call from higher order I'm, I'm, I'm always confused because the people who lead the police are always, they always distance themselves and say um, it was people acting out of their own, it was, people, it was a rogue unit of police doing whatever they wanted to do mm. when um, the leadership is asked to explain. And it's, it's, it's sad that in this country a person has to die then action will be taken you know mm. and they it's very sad it's very sad and they'll also open an internal investigation and then we'll never hear what happens to them after that because police protect their own honestly and just like before during lockdown um, there was a child that was murdered in the Western Cape. In yeah, in the Western Cape, and I forgot his name, but he he was a child with Down syndrome, and you know he was just a child, and he was murdered by one of the police officers, and it was said that um they were going to have a internal investigation as to what happened and whatnot and till this day we do not know what happened to that boy and why that officer did what he did and has there been any progress has there been any arrests has that person still has has that person been suspended or anything there is no progress whatsoever to that case so when they say the same thing when another thing happens in this country with regards to police officers abusing their power, it just gets me thinking that, you know what, we'll never get an answer and nothing will really happen because similar things have happened in the past and we had no progress as to what happened afterwards. True. Uh, I feel like a lot has to be invested in the training of police officers and also offering them psychological studies. I'm, I'm not sure what the police curriculum consists of but I, I feel like it needs to be developed in such a way that police officers also act as counselors in society because in the case of a peaceful protest you cannot just go and open fire onto students they're literally students and maybe if it was a violent protest then we could always 
protect the police and say they were also trying to protect themselves. But literally, the students had no weapons and they were sitting down. They were literally sitting down. Literally. It is really uh, an atrocious thing that happens in this country. And it's sad how internally we all normalize it because it happens so often and little to no action always happens. Mm. And then you get our minister of police of, of um what is he? Um Obeitele. Yeah, he's minister of police. Yes. And then you find him putting the blame on the people. Most of the time I've never heard him say the police officers were in the wrong and you know this and this and that it's always the blame is always put on the citizens and you can't honestly as a police officer when you know you're trying to okay let's say the the protest wasn't peaceful and you're trying to stop that protest you can't have casualties the man that passed away during that protest wasn't even a part of that protest and yet he was shot at multiple times not that it was a mistake it was basically deliberate because you can't tell me that you can shoot a person three times and say it's a mistake. True. That also really gets to me because after the first shot, and I'm assuming he was down after the first shot, why was there a need for a second and then also a third? Exactly. For a person who wasn't even a part of the protest. It's actually sad. It's actually sad. And the annoying part was that the leaders of this country were all denying that man's death and then basically the attention of the public was shifted from the fact that a person has died and then they were arguing whether the person was a student or not what does it matter if the person was a student or not a person has died a life is a life Exactly. And then this just gets me back to what happened last year when in America, um, the tragic incident of George Floyd happened and we saw our political leaders standing up and taking a stand, which was necessary, which I was also for and supported very much. But when something similar happens in South Africa, you see that the response to what is happening in our country isn't as big as something that is happening in America. True. I've said it. The, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. It is because George Floyd was not the responsibility of South Africa. He exactly. was an example of what the leaders in this country are stuck on: white versus black. But they forget that we exist in a democracy, and as much as racism is still very prevalent in today's society, but we have bigger problems than racism. You, 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 you can't just because there's no racism involved in this man's death to this time, then they don't have anything to say because it will all come back to them, and then they will have to be accountable. And we all know that our leaders are always trying to run away from accountability and responsibility. Mm, exactly, they are. And I feel like it makes them look like, it gives them a good international rep if they are 
in arms and in 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 support of black lives matter but they forget that south african lives matter south african student lives matter south, Af- south african black lives matter south african white lives matter so that all lives matter and right now in south africa it is the student's life which is at risk and not as at risk as in a student can die but at risk as in a student may be facing a bleak future just because they cannot afford to pay for their tertiary funds exactly and when you look at it it's it's the majority of these children that can't even go to university and cannot afford to go to universities are children of taxpayers so honestly, our government should do something because, I mean, the parents of these students are taxpayers and they are contributing to the economy of South Africa. So obviously, the government must also try and help these students because NSFAS also has, like, it's limiting. You have to be, your, the, the household fund, um, your household can't make over 350,000 rand and I stand to be corrected. And I mean... 300, like there are learners maybe that their parents do make more than that amount of money, but they still cannot afford to take them to tertiary education because of some or what other reasons. So it's not always that, okay, you make more money, then that means you can automatically afford. I feel like taxpayers' kids should be a, a, a priority when it comes to funding in terms of tertiary education because their parents honestly contribute to the economy. True. And the saddest part is that not only are those parents mostly taxpayers, those parents are mostly government workers. It's a tragedy in South Africa that the middle class is the poorest. I mean, the poorest in this country. The middle class literally has to carry the economy by paying so much of their taxes. And then also the government does not care for them. Mm. I feel like the government is aware that its workers cannot afford to send their children to tertiary institutions and they know how much they pay the workers and that much as much as it may be above the 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 the, the threshold put to be able to qualify for NSFAS but it's they, they still can't afford to to pay for 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 tertiary education for their children they just can't and that's the reality of it in this country because they have lives to live and it's it's also tragic when like privileged people always ask middle class people so why don't you say for your child's education as if as if everyone always has the opportunity to say i mean things happen and we know in that the economy right now is the worst it's ever been and even before it wasn't in a good place you know mm. and as much as a lot of people didn't afford even more people now can't afford mm. it's 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 just sad that the people who drive this economy are the people that the government literally does not care about in all honesty yep and that's how it is in south africa our land
<laughs> Sad truth of living in, in South Africa. Yep. The Rainbow Nation. Exactly. And another thing that we also have to look at uh, at these student protests, as much as the, as you said, these police officers obviously have to get um, their orders from people who are in higher power. Because, I mean, before they go, even go to the protest, they have to be given the instruction to go there. So if they are going there, why are they packing full ammunition to go to a peaceful protest? That's also another thing that we have to look at is why, why did they even come there with so much weaponry and every, all those unnecessary things for a peaceful protest? Well, them coming with that, I think it's because there are a way that protests in this country do tend to take a violent turn. But I think we cannot fault them for coming there with weapons and trying to protect themselves. But what we can fault them is that when they now are there and they see that the protest is not violent, why do they carry on to use them? And as much as they say, oh no, they use rubber bullets, rubber that's completely flouting the rules of engagement. Rubber bullets should never be used in a non-violent protest. There is no need for that. Mm. We, yeah, we, I think it's just, it's, 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 it's a confusing dilemma because on the one side, we do know that protests in this country do tend to get really violent and mm. people do end up dying. But assess the situation first and then act. Do not act on the fact that you know it will be violent because what happened on that day, it wasn't violent. Now the eyes are on the police force for their... Um, rogueness mm. but all in all I mean the blame just goes back to our governments that had they listened to the demands and of the learners then they wouldn't be in this whole situation had they sat down with them and listened to their requests we wouldn't be in the situation there wouldn't have been a need for a protest there wouldn't be a need for those police officers who arrived there with guns and everything and which led to the death of a person. Yes, I think we can fault our government for poor planning on their part. Because as much as funds need to be needed to be reallocated and funds needed and funds, you cannot cut funds from the education sector. You simply cannot because the education sector secures the future. Because if they neglect the education system today, then tomorrow they'll be dealing with a huge problem with, 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 with people in the country who are uneducated, with people in the country who are low, who are low skilled, with people in the country who have no skills at all, and with a job market that needs all sorts of skilled professionals. You simply cannot isolate the education system as if it's not important. Exactly. So, and we, even with the allocating of funds during lockdown, there was nothing that was said about funds being allocated to the tertiary education. The government knowing very well that many people were losing their jobs, people were getting retrenched. 
companies were closing down, big companies in South Africa were closing down, which caused to the retrenchments of hundreds of South African employees. They did not once think that, you know what, these people that are being retrenched, these people who are losing their jobs are parents and they have kids that are in school. So therefore, can't we at least, you know, allocate even five million rand, like something towards the education of these learners? It just goes to show the poor planning of our government, as you said. Yeah, I think our government does not plan, but it only reacts. It waits to hear, oh, this is what the people are complaining about, okay? Then we can step up. Or they're not saying anything about that, well, then we can leave that. And then when the next protest comes and we complain about something else, and then only will they focus on that that thing. Exactly. This is what happens when you have a government filled with incompetent people. Mm. And they're always denying it. That's the worst part of it all. They, they are always denying it. Our government is in denial, honestly. And I feel like we honestly need new members of parliament, in all honesty, because half of those people, I don't even think they're qualified for the jobs that they are occupying. True, and then our president goes MIA, and then he sends prayers and comforting words. Like the country needs more than prayers and comforting words. Comforting words do not feed people's stomachs. Comforting words do not pay off people's student debts. Comforting words do not send children to school. That's literally the gist of it. And as a leader, we expect more than prayers and comforting words. Religious leaders can give us prayers and comforting words. But as a political leader, we are not expecting you to come to people who are asking you to be accountable for the people you lead. And then you send, you are sending prayers and comforting words. That does not cut it. everyone for listening to this episode on complex chats please don't forget to subscribe so that you can receive notifications whenever we post a new episode also please check out our social media pages at complex chats on instagram and at chats complex on twitter if you enjoyed this episode please don't forget to review and rate thank you very much till next time